Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Football is many things. Unpredictable. Exciting. Colourful. Passionate. Absorbing. Expensive. Venal. Infuriating. Exasperating. Time-consuming. Depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. Hello, I'm Nick, and it's a funny thing, isn't it, an international break? Uh, I've found that as the years have gone on, I prefer the word break more than the word international. I get more <laughs> pleasure out of the break bit than the international. There's a few things to mention, obviously. I mean, I don't, I'm embarrassed to mention this, to tell you the honest truth. Uh, but uh, Stoke won a behind closed doors friendly at Old Trafford, 4 3. Oh, wow. Who yeah. against? Uh, <laughs> against Manchester United's strategy. Now, people obviously, they'll say, you know, behind closed doors, yeah, yeah. friendly, it doesn't really count. But I think if you're a professional footballer, you know, there should be no such thing as a friendly. And in my many years of going to football, I find that nearly all football matches are played behind closed doors. Well, yeah, hold uh, on to that thought. Apart from the Euros <laughs> final. <laughs> so anyway, I'm claiming that just as a 4-3 win yeah, yeah. at Old Trafford. Yeah, no, cool. Well, as I say, hold on to the thought of the behind closed doors. Um, I should say I'm appearing this week in a motion capture suit that I got off of ABBA that's supposed to allow me to perform like I did in the 70s. Uh, Unfortunately, my one seems to be faulty and I'm performing like I am in my 70s. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Old blokes and tech. But um, this week for Oldham, time for another update from the bottom of the poorly maintained septic tank that is EFL2. Oldham succumbed 3-0 at home to Mighty Barrow. Mm. And these are the fixtures we dream about, aren't they? Sutton one week, then Salford, then Barrow, Hartlepool, Harrogate. It's heartbreaking to see Oldham represented in the publicity for the start of the Premier League in the new BBC programme, knowing that we're still well on course to be the first Premier League team to drop out of the 92 club altogether. And the owners are coming in for a lot of stick at the moment, naturally. Um, There are pitch invasions and protests, tennis balls and flares, and fortunately they're responding in a measured and grown-up manner. So they've banned flags and banners from the ground, which has outraged the Oldham Ultras, who call themselves the Athleticos. There's about ten of them, I think. And they first said they were going to boycott, but that just pleased everyone who hates the one with the drum. 
<laughs> um, and in the end, they did turn up and started chanting, we want Abdul out, we want Abdul out. The owner's name is Abdallah, but Abdul fits the song, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't really hear it because of hundreds of other fans blowing whistles in unison, and it wasn't clear whether they were protesting about the owners or the athletic. Were, were the whistles provided by the club? Because sometimes <laughs> those things happen, don't so they? Sometimes they do, yes, exactly. But there were accusations that hired thugs had been placed in the crowd to identify and slyly assault protesters, which is a bit Stasi, isn't it? Well, and also, you know, that's just such a retrograde thing. You know, you didn't have to hire thugs when I first went to football. They were <laughs> There, we, were the there. we were there. No right, problem yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we, there's very few people of any kind at Oldham, unfortunately, at the moment. But right. uh, the whole um, conflict between the owners and the, and the fans has stepped up a gear this week. The owner went on talk sport and threatened to play behind closed doors, ah. as, uh, as Stoke have been doing. And, you know, but then tickets for the away game on Saturday at Lake Orient, which I was going to go to, yeah. have been taken off sale, only available to season ticket holders who collect from the ticket office in person with two forms of ID. And I want to go to that game, but I, you know, can't. No. And now there are no tickets on sale for upcoming home games at all. Mm. And it's like everyone is being punished for th- there being some protests and pitch invasions, blah, 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 yeah. because they can't afford to pay for the police to come right. and police the pitch invasions. Is this very much one of those... Uh, look, the common room is a privilege and not a right. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. And the coffee machine. And the coffee Who machine. broke the coffee machine? We're not replacing that. Not, no, no, no. <laughs> if you can't look after it, you're not having it. But it's how to uh, how to win the fans over. Oh, you can't come to the games anymore. What's his unless name? you behave. Yeah, what's his name? Evans? David Evans at uh, Luton who brought in the, the, oh, the, the Tory cards guy. and all. Yeah. The ID card guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. There's memories of that yeah, for me. Exactly. Him memories and Ken Bates with the electrified fence. <laughs> yeah, yes. You know, how to win fans over. To be fair. Well, Ken Bates, he did have a large cattle herd and he had a lot of electrified <laughs> fencing available. That's the actually spare. true. Yeah, exactly. um, I watched I, some of the WSL, the Women's Super League, and I really enjoyed it, I've got to say, as, as I have done with all the women's f- football that, that I've watched, well, nearly all of it, um, the World Cup and the Olympics and all those sort of things. And the reason I like it is because there's a refreshing lack of cynicism. They actually look like they're enjoying playing football, <laughs> which you don't see very much uh, in the men's game. And also, they don't go down and lie down and feign injury, which is fantastic because I'm just waiting for a WSL crowd to just start singing He Fell Over. <laughs> <laughs> which would be perfect, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So... Well, before we show, just before, before we show, because okay. you mentioned David Beckham, I wasn't going to mention this, you mentioned the programme, which he pro- produced this programme, didn't he, about uh-huh. the... About the, um, um, the, the Premier, uh, League, Premier yeah. League, yeah. And obviously, we, you know, we will we will be taking that by the sword and to the sword and of the sword um, before it reaches its vinegar strokes. But I just want to say it's good that David Beckham, because he deserves some, had a bit of good news this week, because we all know that really he should have been knighted. And he was very unlucky not to be knighted in 2012, you know, and, and he reacted, as, as anybody would, by calling the Honours Committee unappreciative cunts, <laughs> if you remember. Anyway, the good news for David is it seems like the royal family's honours shop may be back in business. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Prince Charles apparently is putting, he's putting out, it seems. So go for it, David, you know, because you know you can afford it. <laughs>
So, yes, onwards to the international break. And what a complicated bunch of incidents it provided, didn't it? I mean, the England stuff was relatively straightforward. A couple of 4-0 wins, Hungary and Andorra, and then Poland last night, which is always going to feel like the trickiest one, isn't it? Because of the national wound of 1973. The ball sliding under Shilton, Kevin Hector hitting the post. Never mind how many World Cups we've qualified for with a draw in Poland since. Yes. But, uh, and that's what we got. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a bit annoying to concede, wasn't it? But Because they were so dirty. But, but, <laughs> yeah, but not as annoying as people make it out oh, to no, be. You, know, when you and I have lived through at least three World Cups that England haven't even qualified for. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's uh, 74, 78, 94. 94, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I, I do think it's a little bit jammed today, isn't it, for the, a lot of the people watching. You're still yeah. going to qualify. Yeah. You yeah know, and yeah. It, what it means is... I, I want to watch football where we win, but I don't like football when we lose. Well, that just means you don't like football, doesn't it? Because <laughs> you're going to. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I quite enjoyed the fact that we learnt um, uh, that it's us who doesn't like it up em, uh, in the first <laughs> half. So that was good. And the only other two things I noticed that particular game yeah. uh, was that it is, it is possible to play 72 minutes of a World Cup game. And the most interesting thing that's happened is at halftime. Yes, the fight at the half fight time. at half time. Yeah, with Glick was that his name? Glick was his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's going to sound childish, but Poland also had a player called Poo Hatch, and I, <laughs> I, have, I kept waiting for him to be round the back, you know, at some oh, point. Oh no! But no. I honestly, I felt a bit sorry for uh, Mark Pugach sitting in the ITV studio, yes. having flashbacks to his old school nickname. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and being sat next to the school bully as well. But um, what's going on with the crowd scenes that play behind the pundits on ITV? I mean, there's plainly some sort of FIFA crowd, I mean, FIFA the game, not the corrupt administrators. And they're waving, they're active the whole time, up and down. And have you not been watching this? And well, they, I, I always and turn off, off when, the, when the so-called experts come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, OK. But they're waving a big flag, a big maroon flag, Right. Okay. That reads European qualifiers. Okay. What the hell is that supposed to be? And they're supposed to be like fans of the format. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, No, they're they're the people that say, I hope the game's the winner. The game's the winner, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm so supportive of the European qualifying games that I have either made or even more incomprehensibly somehow purchased a flag saying European qualifiers. I'm going to wave it backwards. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you sometimes see people who've made an FA Cup out of tinfoil, don't you? And that's that's kind of a thing, isn't it? But you don't see many flags saying, you know, round four. Yay. Hey, round four. Yeah, yeah. I love the last 32. Yeah. Or, or, or Texaco Cup. <laughs> Onwards, Texaco Cup. Cup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I liked Glick, by the way. Glick, uh, he, yeah. One, because he looked like somebody's older brother who'd come into play in the wrong age group. <laughs> and secondly, because he just looked like the sort of person when you get to a wedding, you look at them and you think, he's going to be trouble. <laughs> he's going to be trouble. He's going to be gone before the end. <laughs> yeah. And he was. Yeah. Now, there was, uh, over the uh, over the course of the international break in the England games, a little bit of depressing racist crap, wasn't there? There was, there was. Absolutely. Particularly at Hungary, I think. Yeah. But uh, also last night, people started booing the, the taking the knee, which England are insisting on sticking with, yeah. which is quite literally, I think, the least they can do, isn't it? It's quite literally. What, I mean, what, what do you think of taking the knee? Yeah, well, What's your view I, of that? My view of it is that I'm perfectly happy for it to happen uh, and I would never boo anything in a football mm. ground. Mm. I don't think you boo. I just, you'd feel so self-conscious, wouldn't you? Mm. You know, it's the sort of thing you apart do at in, a pantomime. Apart from in France, of course, where boo is the word for goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm all for taking the knee, but I'm, I, I worry. FIFA, uh, UEFA 
and the Football Association, oh, they hate these things so much. They <laughs> don't know what to do. They are just so hamstrung, trying to do the right thing all the time and trying to do the wrong thing. Uh, uh, never trying to do the wrong thing, but in, in doing that, doing the wrong thing. Yeah, well, my slight concern is that football thinks, you know, well, we're taking the knee. That's, that's racism sorted then. And that it takes the place of trying to think of anything else to do, you know. Yes. Just, but the act itself is is relatively commendable, I think, and we shouldn't stop doing it just because Millwall fans don't like it. Or yes, yeah, fans yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, there was a thing, wasn't there, about um, the hungry fans were supposed to be banned Yes. Um, after, the, after they misbehaved at the Euros, yeah. but it turns out that that's a UEFA ban. Yeah didn't it? And that yeah. uh, the next seven games are FIFA games, so they can have crowds well, and do do whatever they like. And, and, and that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Because it's all football, united against racism, united against homophobia, united mm. against sexism. But what they really hate is each other. Yeah, you they know, can't for, agree on that. that. Yeah. If they can't agree on, <laughs> on punishing uh, a, a country for expressing racism at their games, yes. then how, what are they going to agree on? Yes. They're not going to yeah. agree on that. Is it is it a case that you think that FIFA is saying, well, he always behaves perfectly well when I've got him. When he comes around my house. My house, he's good as goals. <laughs> we went to the swings. <laughs> <laughs> so Scotland are looking better place now to get second place in their group after beating Austria and yes. Wales, but still in the running in their group. Although apparently, I didn't realise this, they're pretty much already in the playoffs because they did well in the Nations League. Oh, what the oh, hell is oh, going oh. on there? Oh, I'm going to come on to the Nations I mean, League yeah, what's later. The po- <laughs> what is the point of all of this with the incredibly bloated process to qualify? For well, we, we, we will come to it. We will come to it shortly. But in the meantime, the rest of the world at yes. this inter- international break um, the, the Premier League's apparently had a, uh, the clubs had a pact not to release their players to red list countries, yeah. partly because it's not safe, yeah. but mostly because they would then have to quarantine for 10 days before they could play again. Yeah. Now, the top clubs, I think, the very top clubs, <laughs> I mean, were a bit miffed that Spurs and Villa allowed their Argentinian players to travel. That's Romero and Lo Celso of Spurs, Spurs and Buendia. Martinez and Buendia of Villa, yeah. but not as miffed as Brazil who were without all of their Premier League players for the big Clash of the Titans, the Samba-style well, seniors of South American soccer. And, and isn't there some, some suspicion that possibly Buendia and Martinez had made their own decision to just go? Uh, no, I think it was the Spurs. The, oh, the was Spurs it? Was Celso yeah, yeah, yeah. Romero, yeah. And when the game started, the Brazil-Argentina game, it got stopped after eight minutes when the Brazilian COVID filth came on yeah. and carted off Lacelso and Romero yeah. for breaching COVID protocols. Yeah. And the whole Argentinian team went off as well. And what did they do? They neglected to mention on their immigration forms that they'd been in the UK for the last yeah. in the last within the last fourteen days, because we are on Brazil's red list and they'd have to quarantine. But they're famous footballers; surely they must know that people know where they've been. Well, it's I, I guess, crazy. But it's stuff. not a big game, Brazil Argentina. Brazil Argentina, is it? it's not no, a no, big it game. And they could play it behind closed doors. Uh, and, you know. uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love the fact that the, the health officials came up onto the pitch. <laughs> One, how they got the, the, the relevant permissions to be there in the first place, yeah. I don't know. But secondly, it just reminds reminded me of a mum coming to a game out yeah. of the street and going, no, you come here. If you're too poorly for school, you're too poorly for football. <laughs> After eight minutes. I mean, either stop the game before it starts or wait till it's bloody finished. Yeah, 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 yeah. March on the pitch. It's just really making a point, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, really... And Spurs had turned around, didn't they, and said that those players had gone without permission, presumably trying to avoid some sort of sanction, I think. Yeah. And afterwards, Brazil have triggered a FIFA rule to prevent eight Premier League players from playing for their clubs this yep. weekend. Yep. Alisson, Fabinho, Firmino, Edison and Jesus, 
Rafinha and Fred and Thiago Silva. But they let off Richarlison because Everton were obliging about the Olympics, apparently. So he's going to be able to play, which just goes to show that the whole thing is fuelled by spite. Well, yes, clearly, <laughs> it's there's just, no principle involved no, there. No, at no all, principle is at there. All. No, it's all it's all whatever they whatever uh, they you know, you know, are angry about. And once again, united, aren't we united <laughs> behind this wonderful <laughs> yeah. game? It brings yeah, yeah. people together, Chris. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the big teams must have seen this coming. This thing because they've made a calculation, haven't they? That that uh, invoking this FIFA rule. Is going to mean players missing one game, yeah, yeah. and quarantine is going to mean them missing three. Yeah. So they've they've done this quite cold bloodedly yeah. to to uh, get a shorter, knowing there'll be a ban, but to get a shorter one for these players. And FIFA went ahead and requested exemptions, as we mentioned last week, I think, that yeah. for players for the international break to preserve the integrity of their competition. To which I believe we said ha ha, yes. <laughs> and also ha last time. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like the government is actually going to bend. Because there are no votes, are there, in hamstringing Liverpool <laughs> and Manchester United and, uh, and doing it again in October and November, any more than there are in the highest income tax level since the Second World War. Because apparently all the money that was supposed to go to the NHS after Brexit was spent on buses with that message on the side. Apparently <laughs> that's where all the yes, money went. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other, well, the other thing, talking of the, the incompetence of FIFA and UEFA mm. uh, and football administrators in, administrators in general, let's, let's be fair, um, yeah. almost for time immemorial, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have um, Arsene Wenger being appointed by FIFA we and do, coming yeah. up with an idea to improve the World Cup. Well, I think this was a proposal first put forward in May by Saudi Arabia, and they're really rich, so you know their ideas are going to be taken very seriously by FIFA, to make the World Cup happen, as you say, every two years instead of every four. Now, the aim, according to FIFA, is to assess the options for change to make the the game truly global. Now, really, what a load of crap that is. I I mean, how how can the World Cup be more global? I mean, you you invite teams of penguins to qualify via the Antarctic and Super Cup. You know, there's, there's no scope for it to be more global. I don't think. It's just about money, of course, and it's about power. Now, the World Cup is FIFA's main source of income. The four-year cycle of the 2018 version brought them 3.3 billion quid, apparently, from Mm. television rights, from the shonky bidding process, from the dodgy free handbags, from the host candidates under the table encouragements, from the kickbacks from the stadium building and infrastructure upgrades they require, and from vast corporate sponsorship deals. Mm -hmm. Now, 3.3 billion, it sounds like a lot, but it's still, apparently... Only about 60% of what UEFA pulls in with the Euros and the Nations League <laughs> and the biggest cash cow of all, the Champions League. So Gianni Infantino, the baby-faced mini-blatter in charge of FIFA, mm-hmm. is desperate to carve off a bigger slice of the pie for his members yeah, yeah, yeah. because he's up for re-election in 2023. Hence the World Club Cup. Um, well, terrible idea. Yeah. And this biennial World Cup plan. Yeah. And Seferin, the big cheese at UEFA, is also up for re-election in 2023. So he's desperate to stop him. Yeah. And so it's FIFA and UEFA going head-to-head. Yeah, yeah. And football, will football be the winner? But, Difficult but, but to clean, see, isn't it? Clean, not all the, and any criteria you judge it by, and it, 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 is, it has some arguments for it, tiny arguments about mm. players only being away for, for shorter periods of time. Yeah. But So it's clearly motivated. Is it for the good for the game? No. Is it practical? No. Is it what people want? 
No. Is it what players want? No. Does it devalue the World Cup? Yes. <laughs> Do, will it bring in more money? Yes. And I think that's... Well, will it bring in more money? That's the thing. Yeah. And as you said, the, uh, the, the face of this is Arsene Wenger, who, yeah. um, rather than Infantino, obviously, who's, who's yes. not, a, not a very good speaker and not a very uh, popular figure. Yes. Um, partly because his job isn't a popular job to have anyway. No. But Arsene Wenger, being the professor, you know, his plan is that it uh, that FIFA should kick out all the rest of the tournaments. You know, the the Nations League, yeah, yeah, of course, right. yes. the African Nations, the Copa America, the Confederations Cup, the Gold Cup, the Asian Cup. Yeah. He wants to see qualification. Now, this is quite a good idea. I think he wants to see qualification reduced to two sets of games in October and February. Yes, and I think that's there's a lot of sense in that reducing the number of international breaks in the season rather than increasing the number of games that. Uh, people are, that players are playing. Uh, Wenger is apparently consulting players. John Terry, that well-known fan of wisdom. Uh, Michael Owen, original Ronaldo, and Sammy Kadira of Germany. John Terry says he doesn't mind how often the World Cup is as long as he's allowed to turn up in his kit and pick up the trophy. Whoever, <laughs> whoever wins it. <laughs> and there Absolutely. Was, there was a quote from. Uh, there were a couple of quotes from Gareth Southgate. I think Southgate is very much sitting on the fence about this. Um, and he says, "I don't know how our gen- see if you can follow this. I don't know how our generation are going to find a World Cup every two years a strange concept." Hey, is that yes? Is that no? Is he just saying that his generation is stupid? I don't know. I don't know what he. I don't know. I don't understand the sentence. Well, well I mean, and talking of stupid people, it's going to bother me because one of the only reasons I can usually guess which year is going to be a leap year is because I know it isn't when there's a World Cup. It's now an it, Olympic year. Now it's going to, yeah. And now it's all moving around. And that's just not fair for a stupid person. <laughs> that's going to be a problem for you, isn't it? One day every four years. Be... <laughs> yeah, it really is. But it's a great list. It's a list. I mean, you just said about the tournaments. But if you think about, because it, it's about improving the game and making it more global. And I just wrote down, this is like 20 seconds, short, short list. So you've got World Cup in Qatar, golden goal, penalties, silver goal, no replays, VAR, Confederations Cup, the giant World Cup unwieldy finals, one substitute, five substitutes, seven substitutes, 11 substitutes, no passbacks, World Club Championship, official partners, fifth place teams in the Champions League, uh, the, the, the Euro Conference. I offer you also 48 teams in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. 48 that's teams the giant, for time after next. That's the giant, that's, the, that's what I'm talking all about. The Tournoi, um, yeah. the World yeah. Club Championship. I mean, it's just yeah, unfathomable. It's, yeah, well, um, I should, uh, I think, declare my interest here. I love the World Cup. Uh, World Cups have been the staging posts of my life. They're the landmarks alongside which I mark out my life and my leap years, of course. <laughs> and it's always such a huge letdown when one finishes, you know, a couple of days after, because you know it's four years until the next yeah. one. And uh, with only the not quite as good Euros and interminable qualification games to fill the gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many World Cups have I got left? This is what I'm asking myself. You to know, play? No, to, just to watch. Oh, to watch. Four five, you know. And here's Gianni Infantino offering me eight, nine, yeah. ten World Cups. I say, you know, bring it on. And if it fucks up the Champions League, then all the better. Yeah. You know? And it doesn't mean you'll live long. You do know that, don't you? But no, but it will feel like it. Yeah, yeah. But I think it will but... feel like I've had twice as many leap years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think what's going to happen, or what, what will happen if they carry on like this, is you're going to get these 
these breakaway World Cups. You're gonna, <laughs> you know, like the boxing, they have yeah. different belts. Four belts. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the darts, you know what I mean? They have to solidify them together. And then the World Cups, what are they going to call them? They're going to have to call them the McDonald's World Cup, the Gazprom World Cup, the Mass... And they're all going to be competing against each other. And it's just, it's going to be untenable, completely untenable. And the thing, other thing about World Cups, and I love the World Cup, how could you not love the World Cup? You know, if you were 70 and, and, and 78 and 82 and 90, all of them, lots mm. of brilliant World Cups. But the thing I used to love about them, they can't do anything about this, was teams would come and you wouldn't know who their players were. Well, there used to be that. And yes, that was is. a joy because you really didn't know. And, pl- and players would be discovered and on you, the World yes, Cup yes, stage. On the stage, that's right. Yeah. And you, you wouldn't know any of the Panini pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and the other thing that, they, that they're desperate to do, and this is the European Super League in a nutshell, but it's mm. also true of, of a lot of international football, is that they say, oh, there's a really big match. That's a fantastic match. Let's do that more often. So yeah, instead, yeah. instead of it being an event, it's the same thing over and over and over again. So, you know, if, if I'm told it's going to be um, Arsenal versus Juventus in the Champions League, I'm not really that interested because, one, it's in the group stage, and two, Arsenal have played Juventus loads of times. Yeah. I looked up Chelsea... Right. So if we start, if we start this world in, in where the Premier League do in say 1955, which is roughly when the European competition started. Mm. Okay, in the first 20 years of that, Chelsea played Barcelona once. Mm. Okay, they played Barcelona once. It went to a replay brilliantly and they lost after Chelsea had won had qualified for the Champions League. We're talking the year 2000. In the next 20 years, Chelsea played Barcelona 14 times. Mm. Now, there's that a, surely is no good. Is well, it's a law of diminishing returns, isn't it? Of course and, it is. And uh, there's also now they've, you've created, partly because of the, uh, the uh, explosion of TV coverage during the COVID thing yeah. last year, that the, pe- people feel entitled to every game now. People feel yeah. entitled to everything. I saw a, a, a um, furore being stoked up in one of the papers about uh, the Ronaldo's first game, you know, yeah. the 9-11 game. Yeah, yeah. Um, not being live on television, and it's a scandal. It's, it's at three o'clock on a Saturday, you know. It's and, and no one can, and you can watch it live in Afghanistan, but you can't, you can't watch it live. Yeah, uh, well, they well, can so, go there. Well, you know, yeah, the airport's open again now, isn't it? So what? You know, I know. So oh, what? It's, it's, it is I, ridiculous. I saw a great thing in in another of the papers where they they commissioned a supercomputer to work out who was going to win the Premier League now that Manchester United had got Ronaldo right. and they went through all of the all of these yeah. permutations and it was Man City and it was Man City <laughs> and Chelsea second and United third excellent that and, is so and he makes no difference yeah. <laughs> to and, that and, calculation and just, just to wrap this whole thing up about FIFA UEFA all the terrible decisions they make you're looking at two organisations here who we expect to be able to sensibly um, create an atmosphere and a world of football that we want to see, but is also good for the game, mm. right? Okay, so entertainment, efficiency, uh, a, a beautiful spectacle. I would then say, have you ever watched a World Cup draw <laughs> or a Champions League draw? These are t- this is meant to be exciting. These are two of the most horrible depressing, interminable piles of shite they could ever put on the television with lots of strange besuited men and women in sparkly dresses opening what are giant kinder eggs and and it's just shit and that's who 
we're asking to look after the bloody game. Well, they're people with, with, they're people with, a, with a sort of charisma vacuum, aren't they, oh. running these things? <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that um, Seferin, the UEFA guy, yeah. as soon as this reared its ugly head, this Wenger plan reared its ugly head, the first thing he did was he went to the European Football Supporters Association yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and said, uh, you know, you, you hate this, don't you? Yeah. I'm on your side. Because yeah. the narrative of the European Super League is that the fans yeah. uh, managed, the it's, fans' it's, disapproval managed to bring it down, absolutely. and he's gone straight there to try and cash to try and cash that yeah. in himself. I mean, of course, he has. It's so pathetically cynical and such a, a horrible sort of man of the people thing, like uh, like Tony Blair saying that he'd watch Jackie Milburn play uh, and things like that. <laughs> like anyway, David, David Cameron being an Aston Villa. Yes, and he, I can. Yes, I can now feel my blood pressure going up. So I think <laughs> we should take a break. <laughs> Now, many of you, um, if you can have many of six, many of you will know our guest from stand-up, uh, his appearances on Match of the Day, and possibly because he's burgled your house. He's managed to alienate nearly everyone in the football world, not just with his book, Who Are You?, which explains his hatred for every English and Welsh clubs, one by one. He's also guilty of providing Gary Lineker with occasional one-liners, which Gary inevitably buggers up, resulting in only Micah Richards laughing. He's a dear, dear boy and a died in the wool lover of football despite the best efforts of all sports administrators it's kevin day kevin you're welcome you you've brought to us by the the joys of, of zoom i believe mm. uh, because you're doing some other work um but, but are you on the chips today or is it the burgers <laughs> <laughs> It's lovely. It's lovely to see you too, Nick. Yes. Yeah, lovely to see you, Chris. Uh, and I'm aware, Chris, when I, of the irony when I say it's lovely to see you because we live about 450 yards apart. <laughs> uh, and every now and again, Ali, my wife, will say, why don't you see Chris? And I'll say, well, if I lean out the bedroom window, I can see him in the garden. But I occasionally until, see you walking by <laughs> know, on the way to the station. Until we have something specific to stop and talk about, I yeah, see exactly. there's no real reason to do so other than Quite nod right. across the road. Right, Chris, yeah. 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 I saw yeah, you there just up on the common a little while ago talking to a giant bloke with a Crystal Palace hat. Uh, really? at, the, at the cafe at the top of the common and I, yes, I, um, I thought I'd leave you to it I walked by he's, he's an anthropologist is he? as it happens yes oh, uh, cool. he's now using he looked like a missing link <laughs> <laughs> he's an anthropologist stroke bullshit merchant basically. Oh, right, he's, one okay. of, he's one of those blokes who you have to check every story he tells you because he'll just say yes of course when I was in the uh, the jungles for two years studying the <laughs> statue makers he go really yeah. he's now using he, he uses his anthropology skills to charge um gullible companies a lot of money <clears throat> to um, improve their branding using his knowledge of African tribal medicine, which oh, they fall for. That's a very big market, though, isn't yeah. it? Uh, the yeah. African tribal medicine he's, market. He's, you know. He seems to be doing all right out of it. It's, it's, it's a lovely yeah. palace hat. I listened with interest to your um, <laughs> conversation earlier. You, you missed uh, FIFA's press release last week. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was uh, it was another list of the national FAs that had thrown their weight behind the biennial World Cup, oh, yeah. uh, uh, led by the Maldives FA, well, and, and followed by Sri Lanka FA. These these are the kingmakers. <laughs> you kind of think the Maldives. You think the Maldives. Well, they don't want the biennial World Cup because they're going to win it. So no. there must be another reason why they're so well, keen to have it. They just want to watch it. It's like they're like me, they just want to watch it. Well, also possibly because a lot of the FIFA officials will be spending their extra money on a holiday in the Maldives. Because well, I, yeah. I, really, I really enjoyed, Chris, your 
your list of euphemisms as you tried desperately <laughs> to please the producer by avoiding the word bribery. <laughs> as you did, you came up with a list think, of... A list. <laughs> I think, Kevin, to be fair on the Maldives, one of the reasons that they want a World Cup as soon as possible is that they won't exist soon due to global warming. <laughs> well, so, that, that, you know, yeah, that's yeah, fair yeah, enough. They're like me, they're well, thinking, how many more World Cups have we got? <laughs> yeah. How many more have we got? Give us a couple more. Yeah. Also, I was very, I was very fond. There's two things about the Poland game which I really liked, and one was that the Polish FA had clearly packed the ground with families and mm. old people mm. in an attempt to get away from their previous reputation, as you say, for it being a, a difficult place. The amount of shots of ironically. Nazi-looking children <laughs> was, was an amazing... Yeah, they were a, they were a very Aryan crowd, wasn't it? it was <laughs> yeah, very... I've never seen a blonder crowd in a football game in my life. And it's, it's like... Not even in about... Escape to Victory. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what, what I love about football and watching it with my son, Ed, who, as you know, is, is probably one of the most woke comedians in the country. But all bets are off when it comes to football. And within, within 10 minutes, when it transpired that the referee wasn't very good, my son was chuntering about the fact that it was decades too late for a German to start caving into the poles. <laughs> and uh, the sort of comment that he wouldn't tolerate yes. from anybody else. Well, yes. no, it's re- this is restitution, that's uh, what that is. And, 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 <laughs> and of course, one of the great Irish, I remember in Euro 96, I think we played, did we play Poland in the first game, or was it Switzerland? Yeah. Uh, Switzerland. Um, Switzerland. Um, and we did play Poland, though, didn't we? Not in Europe. Okay, Switzerland, there you no. go. Switzerland. <laughs> well, oh, anyway, the crowd was singing, we won the war, we won the war, you didn't. Which, technically speaking, is kind mm. of correct, but Switzerland were neutral anyway. Yeah, and they won in, in lots of uh, financial ways, didn't they? They got, yes, all, they they got all the artwork, they got all the bullying. Yeah, and they got FIFA and UEFA. And got, yeah, FIFA and UEFA, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, also, I, I did, uh, I loved Glick last yeah. night. There was a certain air of the Brian Glover about him from Kez. Before. <laughs> he was, beforehand, he was doing the the fist pump. He was going around to every player. It's like, we can do this. He was giving the old hard man, pulling the badge bit. And the first time the ball went near, it's like, oh, my God, it's harder than I thought this ball, isn't it? <laughs> he, he spent a lot of time on the pitch for a so-called hard man, he? Didn't did, he? didn't he? He spent a lot of time clutching his ribs, yes. and they couldn't find yeah, any replays I, that I, demonstrated so, so, what had happened to them. I'm, 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 my Polish is quite rusty, but I'm fairly sure at one stage he said, not in the face, not in the face. In the face. I'm sure he did. <laughs> well, that's, that's an expression we've heard before in a different context, Nick, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. Now, club, club, your club is Crystal Palace. Obviously, we're talking yeah. about England. England. Mm. I always find that that thing is quite strange because I don't I, I watch England and I've been to watch them all over the world mm. but my loyalties are with are with my team and so therefore I'm more forgiving of my team but I find I find as I get older my my natural mm, jingoism and support <laughs> for the England team is diminished I don't how how do you feel about that Kevin it's it's a strange one, Nick and Chris, because you know on on the Palace Pod that we do five year plan, inevitably in a quiet week, somebody will raise the question: Would you rather see England win a tournament or Palace win the Premier League? And I, I can't even understand why there's a discussion. No. About this, of course, I'd rather see Palace win the Premier League. It's yeah, like, now I, try I, inserting the word Oldham instead of well, Crystal Palace, well, and I, then you you have a slightly I, different perspective on things. I, 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 I must admit to a certain degree of residual guilt about doing this pod at the moment because there are there are times gone by when I wouldn't mm. have been 
the supporter of the fancy and Premier League team mm. amongst the three of us. I'm, I'm <laughs> aware that yeah. you two occupy the moral high ground. <laughs> oh, I don't know proper, about that. <laughs> you support proper football teams. But, um, oh, I think Crystal Palace are a proper... They've got a supermarket end. I'm quite patriotic. And I got into a bit of trouble with an interview I did with Jim White just before the Euros, the England-Scotland game. when Because uh, he wanted to compare it to, to Palace-Brighton. And I said, well, it's, it's, it's the only difference between England-Scotland and Palace-Brighton is that England-Scotland is a lot more explicable. Um, and yeah. I, the reason I want Scotland to, to lose every football game they play is because I support England. But I support England because I chose England to support as my national team at the same time that I chose Palace to be, to be my club team. So I, I, I support England... Uh, you know, and I'm, I was, I'm, I'm quite patriotic about being English, but my England is my England is a different England to the Daily Mail's England, for example. Yeah, my yeah. England is the, yeah. is the Peasants' Revolt and Benjamin Zephaniah and and Shakespeare and 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 so on. Yeah. Uh, so I support England, but that that doesn't mean with that same blind patriotic idiocy that some England fans. Now I remember getting into a massive row with some England fans a game against Moldova. When there was a smat, there was probably 120 Moldovan fans there, and as soon as they start singing their national anthem, these guys are booing. It's like, why are they allowed to? to why are they not allowed to sing the national anthem? What, what would you do if they boo down national oh. anthem? They launched into this stuff. I don't, I don't get. So I, I support England because they're the national team that I support. But uh, Palace, my team. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather watch Palace play than England play. And if there's, I'd, I would have been so happy if England had won. Uh, the final recently, but I'd, I'd forgotten about it by the time I've gone. To well, it, that, takes three, it takes me three days to get over a, a palace. Yeah, yeah, even, yeah. Even I mean, that that's interesting because I, I, I'd forgotten about the Hungary, Hungary and Andorra games almost yeah, immediately. And I think we probably also share the sentiments of, of, of not... Just just because you you're watching the same team and supporting the same team, it doesn't mean you have the same values as as other people necessarily. That isn't that's also true when I'm watching my club. But I have to say, when you ask that question, I think in some ways I would rather Palace win the league or Oldham win the league than England win the Euros <laughs> because because it would be a more seismic challenge to the status quo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and also, well, I mean, the only consolation is that there's one part of me that wants England to win because it would so annoy the rest of the world. Mm. It would so annoy the rest of the world. And I've got a lot of Scottish cousins, big Irish Catholic (laughs) family. And I've got a lot of Scottish cousins who still, even even on the day of the final, were just panicking and and sending the usual texts. It's like, God almighty, you lot are still going on about 1966. We can't imagine what would happen. To which you have to respond, have you listened to your national anthem lately? It's about a fucking battle that took place in 1314. You're still going on about that. Uh, So it's like the rest of the world would have been... But but even watching the game is different. I was watching it last night in what you can only describe as an indifferent first half. If that was Palace, while we had to watch the games on telly, Roy Hodgson's ears would have been burning quite considerably because Ed and I would have been just, this, this is shocking, what are you doing? Why is Harry Kane there? Why is Raheem Sterling trying to beat everybody before putting the ball in the, in the net? But it's it's because it's England, you just go, oh, I don't care, they're going to score eventually, we might win, we might draw, it's it's fine. I just don't get as excited about watching England play as I do about watching, watching Palace play. And, and also, I've chosen a country to support that, Brings the same level of disappointment as the the club team that I support. So, well, uh, that's well, really what football is for, isn't it? That's what yeah. football's for in your life. 
<laughs> what you learn how to deal with disappointment. To deal with disappointment uh, just the same as the other thing that you never get. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the trouble is a lot of pressure is put on, on England because uh, unbelievably most of us, I would say, support teams that aren't, you know, the teams that are mm-hmm. destined to always fill the top six or seven. According to the supercomputer. You know, anything, yeah, anything, yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything can happen. Yeah. And so, therefore, we want England to compensate for that. Yeah, it's uh, difficult with those games this, this week. Yeah. That because uh, we, we're in now a, a group where you get ten games, yeah. and uh, when we when we lost to Poland that time, it was just that I think we're the three or four in that group yeah. then, yeah. and these games, you know, you could lose one and that'd be it. Yeah, yeah, be yeah, yeah. And now you can yeah. lose. We could have lost last night. We still have been. Yeah, we're still going to qualify. Yeah. Whatever happens, you know, well, it's, 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 there's it's no weight to it well. anymore. You know, there's no. It's just it's just filling up space. There's just no weight to it. it it's interesting how. Leicester within the Premier League has somehow made that uh, a beacon of hope for the fans of every other club. <laughs> when they're the seventh richest <laughs> club in Europe. Le- Leicester City won, won, the, won the Premier League. Plucky little Leicester City. They're one of the richest, as you said, one of the richest. They're owned by one of the richest men in the world. Mm. They, they can afford some of the highest wages in the Premier League. And, and because of their, their victory, the rest of the, the so-called top six have panicked and pulled the wagons around and come up with every single plan they can imagine to make sure that no one other than like Leicester wins the Premier League again. If anything, Leicester winning the Premier League has made it less democratic. I, you know, I'm, I, I love being in the Premier League, but I'm, I support a team that's in a league it will never win. The, yeah, the, yeah, well, the, great, yeah. the greatest achievement we were, we, we measure success by how far away from being relegated we are, not from how close to the top we are because mm. you know, people say we wouldn't it'd be great if Palace got in the top 10 is that why <laughs> Twelve's fine why yeah. is it, you know it's yeah. like well we get an extra two million quid. oh we yeah get we get 100 we, we get that quid. well we exactly we, yeah, we all of us get that yeah yeah yeah, yeah we get free beer for four weeks because what a great de- what a great deal we yeah. will get yeah. exactly <laughs> i mean the, the, the leicester thing and we're, and we're gonna have to wrap up the leicester the only thing that i thought when leicester won the league was oh because I knew someday, someday in my lifetime, it would happen. But I thought it might happen to us. No. And that's it now. It won't happen to anybody else. Well, I think football has become a business of the top clubs, uh, all the Premier League clubs, arranging themselves roughly in financial order. And Leicester actually are where they deserve to be financially. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. because that, that financial um, status expresses itself in what you can put out on the field and expresses well, that, itself I, ultimately over a period of, over a period of time in the results that you can expect a team to get and so yeah. it's well, it well, gets more and more depressing that those that that that's the case that you know city are going to win the league because they've got more money than everyone else chelsea yeah. are going to come second because they've got the next amount of money you know bear, bear with me here because there is a there's there a route back to international football here via uh, yeah. patrick banford <laughs> because the one thing about Leicester City winning the title was that the fans of every other club, Claudio Ranieri had managed that, were literally like, what the? How did, <laughs> how did that happen? And it's the same, Patrick Bamford comes on for England at the weekend and the fans of every other club except Leeds are going, it's got to be a different bloke. Because <laughs> right? my, my abiding memory of Patrick Bamford when he made his debut for Palace, he blazed over from about six yards and everyone was going, oh, Christ. And a little voice from the back went, he plays the violin, you know. <laughs> and and everybody around us just went, oh, oh, well, fine, fair enough. Then it's like, yeah. it's like the, Venn di- the football Venn diagram can't encompass yeah. scoring goals and playing the violin. Well, no, well, and, and, it's unless unreasonable it's... to expect him to do both. <laughs> of course. Well, so of course, so when Bamford makes his debut <laughs> against Andorra, of course he's going to get taken off a minute before England get a penalty. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens because he plays the violin and he's, he, he reads books. So yeah. That's not, you, that can't but, lead to success in football. You, mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, you, you know the story about Sean Dyche and Patrick Bamford when he was at uh, when he was at Burnley briefly. And he said, no, I'm not. I'm not having him. He's not staying. But he's, he's always got that blinking agent hanging around with him, turns up at training, takes him away from training. I can't have that sort of privileged behaviour. And it was his dad. <laughs> it was his dad taking him to his training. You know, and you think, that's so unfair. <laughs> On the subject, by the way, of playing the violin, unless you played for Brazil in 1982, when you could be Socrates, one, be called Socrates, two, <laughs> smoke a hundred fags a day and be a doctor, <laughs> which is, I, I'm sure none of those things were true, but we lapped it up, didn't we, with, with great yeah, relish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Kev, we're going to have to finish up now, but got a, a favourite song for his favourite palace song? To sing us yeah. out? Can I just uh, talk about it briefly before I sing? <laughs> yes, my please, favorite, please my, do. My favorite, <laughs> do you know the, the thing is I love I love songs and terrace chants and I, I'm always happy to exaggerate in a, in a football song uh, because, you know, quite clearly there's a level of irony when Palace fans sing we're by far the greatest team the world has ever seen. But I've never been, I've never been happy about lying. Yeah. In, so I, I remember there was a time for about 10 years during the most of the 80s, in fact, when we used to sing on a regular basis, those were the days, my friend, we took the Stratford end, we took the shed, the North Bank Highbury, we ran the Tottenham too, we fight and never lose, those were the days, oh yes, those were the days, and you think, lads, we're going to a lecture on Monday about William Morris ceramic. (laughs) (laughs) None of us here. (laughs) If remotely any trouble has ever kicked off anywhere near us, we've legged it. We're not a club that has that in us. (laughs) Thousands of us would happily sing. We'd happily sing... Bill Shankly said to Bertie, me, have you heard yeah, of the, the North Bank Library? No, said he Shanks. Said, no, I don't think so. But I've heard of Palace. I've grown, what? Yeah. what? <laughs> what? It's laughable. You, you can't go to Millwall and sing that. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you want my favourite, yeah. is, it, is, it, is it all right with the, the swearing and the... Um, I think so, after Theo yeah, Delaney last week. Yeah. I think it's positively encouraged. Oh, Theo you know, Delaney is... A, Potty mouth, isn't he? It's <laughs> so it appears. Is he, yeah. is he the West Ham Delaney or the Tottenham Delaney? I always get them mixed this up. Is the Tottenham Delaney? Okay. Well, this is um, why Alan Mullery is famous in this song. I don't know. Alan Mullery to this day uh, is is the bet noir for Palace fans. It's of any age, even eight year olds know that they hear the words Alan Mullery and they have to utter their first swear words. You don't have to explain it to them. But in this song, he's he's famous for some reason and and for even more inexplicable reasons, he's visiting the Pope. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, the famous Alan Mullery went to Rome to see the Pope. The famous Alan Mullery went to Rome to see the Pope. The famous Alan Mullery went to Rome to see the Pope. And this is what he said. Fuck off. <laughs> Who's that team we call the palace? Who's that team we all adore? Where are the boys in red and blue? Who the fucking hell are you? And Ron knows my mother is a whore. She's a whore. She's a whore. Ron knows my mother is a whore. Oh, the famous Alan Murray went to Rome to see it. And it's like, it's even, yeah. even when I, even when I, again, like my son, even when I was a woke political, a woke left wing political comic, I used to love 
Ching. 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 I met I met Ron Nine's mother. She's delightful. <laughs> she was absolutely yeah. lovely. And mother. surprisingly yeah. cheap. Yeah. And I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah. Wayne Rooney. Never mind. So, <laughs> just to say that the uh, the opinions expressed in this program are not necessarily those of me or Chris, but clearly of Kevin Day. Mm. Kevin, thank you very much. Bye bye, my friend. Bye bye. Lovely to see you both. Take care. Well, thanks very much to Kevin and thank you to Chris and thank you to the studio team, whose names I don't know. And (laughs) (laughs) hopefully we'll be doing this again next week. Although having said that to them, maybe not. Well, who knows? GreatBigOwl.com Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.